powered by Sports Interaction, Canada's Sportsbook. Not today, old friend. Not today. Welcome to Game Over Calgary, where we are finally, since December 7th, finally covering a Calgary Flames win. This was uh, this was a game that had a lot going on, a lot going on on both sides, uh, and we're going to break it all down. We're excited. It's a, it's a good, uh, it's going to be a good show today as we finally uh, get back in the win column and cover Calgary Flames win. Think you know what it, or sorry, as I butcher the ad read, think you know what way it's going to go. Make your bet with Sports Interaction. Whether it's football, basketball, or hockey, Sports Interaction has you covered. Bet pregame, live in play, or on one of our many prop bets. Sports Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Join now and see all sports betting has to offer. Want to bet? Head to sportsinteraction.com sdpn. That's sportsinteraction.com sdpn19+. Please play responsibly. And we're going to welcome, uh, wel- welcome our guest here. I'm going to give him one of these. I think it's only fitting. Come on now, Julian, don't leave what me hanging. What is this? What is this? You've never see, you didn't see the Sharks fans all night. At, mean, whenever whenever the Flames went in the box, they do the old jaws. This is a flame. This is a flame show. You guys got to give. Me I know we the got fans do. Oh jeez, come on, man. You've covered you've covered enough games in the Silent Dome to know there's nothing going on in there except for the wave when they're down no. by three. <laughs> Come on! Like an Ole or late chant like during a random Hurricanes game, and I still don't know why that was. Do you want me to start booing? They booed the last time you were in the in the building. Oh, that's this is true. A, they did. This is this they, is. They we're, did. we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about the negatives though. We're not gonna talk about the negatives. There's some negatives, but we can get into it. Um, welcome, my friend. How are you, man? It's been a while since uh, since you and I uh, chopped it up. Yeah, I think the Flames were still, like, considered good when we were yeah. last talking. And, yeah. not, and I don't mean that, like, in any mean way, but, like, this is a big road trip for them. Like, I think their reputation as a, at least this iteration of the Flames team, their reputation as a contending team was going to take a hit if they were not able to pick up points during this road trip. And I know it's only one game, and I know it's only the San Jose Sharks, but they really needed a win. And they really needed a win in that fashion. I guess. Oh, they 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 needed the the most. Uh, I don't know how you put it. Not dominant of wins because I don't think it was. I don't. I don't think they were like dominant, dominant. But they needed to like make it sting. And those yeah. three goals in two minutes and ten seconds that that stung. Yeah, man. Like it's it's the way those goals kind of happen too. Just like in quick succession, uh, coming on the man advantage too. Like like the Jonathan Huberto pass to Lindholm. Like they mentioned it on the Sportsnet broadcast that that's what that's the type of pass that fans have been seeing, have been waiting for, have been hoping for. Like, yeah, I can't blame them. Like, it looked really good. It found Lindholm perfectly. He finished it perfectly too. Like, that's exactly what fans have been waiting for from this offense from the beginning of this season, and they were actually able to get it. So, sorry, yeah, the, uh, the 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 chat. Are you good? Pointing out that I had a fluff in my beard. And then I got a text uh, on my computer from uh, from my boy Kyle, who's watching, saying uh, you got you got a fluff in your chin. So not to not to compl- cut off your uh, your great point, but but you're right. It was um, I think one of Jonathan Huberto's better games as a Flame, despite the fact that he spent some time in the penalty box. It's going to happen. Um, he looked good. Markstrom looked good. I guess yeah. your two cents on Markstrom because you know. 
a lot of people, you and I kind of, I think we talked about it the last time. He was kind of the whipping boy for a little bit um, from, from fans. Everybody kind of, kind of gave him the gears, but he seemed to kind of been, be trajecting in a, in a more upward trend. And, and I think he looked great tonight. Yeah. I, I think just this week, if you want to look back from the road trip onto this to, to today, I guess with the exception of, of a loss or two, I think he's playing some of his best hockey. The game he played against the Montreal Canadiens last week was the best game he's played all season. I think the first time all year he had a, a game where his save percentage was in the 970s. He's actually putting on good performances. And I, I know the team has has been in his corner throughout this entire season where he's had the ups and, and, and some downs in his, in his play. But at this point, like, you, you can ease off some of that pressure – that's been going on to Jacob Markstrom. I think he's gained some of his confidence back. I know after losses, like we try, like we've tried after a few losses to be like, Hey, is there any positive you can gain for yourself? Even in losing effort? He's like, Nope, we lost. Like he, that's the type of guy that he is. And he's like, you know what? Fine. That's just, that's just what we're going to get as media types. But for a guy like Jacob Markstrom to play as hard as he's been playing and to start to see, well, at least after today, have at least one of those games turn into a win that goes a long way to him uh you know just regaining more and more of that confidence and and getting back to that level that flames fans know him to play at absolutely and uh i guess kind of a follow up for me maybe some people will be interested to know as well how's that been in in uh, in the room with uh, with the guys where you know media is allowed back in the room now you get the scrums um have you had some good chats with some of the guys so far has it uh, has have they been uh, welcoming and receptive how's uh, how's the flames room been They've been pretty receptive, actually. Yeah. Like a lot of people, a lot of the players will like, like, like. I don't know if you're familiar with how it normally works. At least, like, I'm getting to know it. Apparently, like in the past, it's just like, you they open up the room and guys will just kind of go in and they kind of pick their guys and guys were just kind of waiting around. Now mm -hmm. what they'll do is we'll we'll go into the locker room and they'll have a few guys up uh, that we ask for for scrums and then uh, usually on a practice day, what they'll do is um if there are a few guys that like maybe a few individual guys want one-on-one -on -one, they'll be able to grant those requests so that's where we really get some of those real like good chats and at least in my experience just in dealing with some of those players uh they've been pretty welcoming uh I've, i'm trying to do the thing where i'm trying to maybe not this it's weird to say buddy buddy because at the end of the day like one day you might be like yeah let's make this joke here and then the next day it's like you had a minus three i gotta rip you <laughs> in a column right so you have to be careful about that that's what but i was there are a few yeah yeah, but there are a few guys who like I feel a bit like a little bit more comfortable with like like Huberto and I, I think we're okay. Yeah, uh, Tofoli and I, I think we're okay too. Um, yeah, Lucic surprisingly, I actually enjoy like one on ones with Milan Lucic because I find yeah. like even in his scrums, like he'll he'll give long answers, but like he he seems engaged and and he gives decent quotes uh, for us. So like I I, I actually. It's kind of weird. Like if you if you told me like 15 years ago or whenever like the height of like the Bruins Canadians rivalries that I would have like a decent relationship media wise with Milan Lucic, I'd look at you and be like, "What the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> like, there's no way. I guess so. Hey, yeah. Given given where you were, and uh, you know, obviously you got that French connection there with uh, with with Huberto. So um, any uh, any any French conversations with him? You break out the old Francais every now and then, like, or no? Like I'll just say like I'll just say like uh salut or like salut Joe or whatever. Yeah, like yeah. I don't do any like full ones. I remember um 
when I was interviewing him for that big story I worked on, where we which was before trade. before you go any further, incredible. Go, uh, you got to subscribe to the Athletic and you got to read uh, read that article. And and rightfully so, it got a lot of attention. A lot of a lot of people were uh, were super impressed. So kudos to you. That was that was incredible. I know everybody in the chat, um, or some people, most people have read it. So before you go Thank any you. further, great job because that was awesome. That was a great Thank read. You, that means a lot, but I remember in talking to to Hubie for that uh, that for that story. At one point, he's talking about how uh, he had heard about the trade when he was like outside of this rink, and he was saying like, "Oh yeah, in this like part of Quebec, wherever," and that's where I got the phone call from the Panthers, or whatever. And I was just like, "Okay, like where, like in Quebec?" And he's saying like Rosemere, but he kind of says it in this like this kind of anglicized yeah, thing. Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, you mean Rosemire? Like that's like." I think off the top of my head, and maybe I get it wrong. It's like forty-five minutes north of like Montreal, and then like our family say, like you know, I can speak French. I was saying in French, and then like he's looking at me, oh, tu peux parler français, toi? Like oh yeah, like <laughs> like it was kind of like a funny like little moment, but like that's as far as it's really gone. I think he yeah. just knows that I can speak French, but like I don't like I don't try to start like French conversations. I'm not gonna go into into scrubs i was very tempted to do it in montreal when all those french reporters were around him but right. like i was like you know what nah i don't need to do that no you're not you're not shit talking ryan pike behind uh behind his back just you <laughs> you you and hubie just shit talking ryan pike sweater game i don't need I, to, I, I i can say that because pike's in the ryan pike. pike's in the I chat so we can uh we can uh we can we, we're just getting our licks in pike. on pike we all love pike i don't need to i don't need to dump talk on 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 pike <laughs> behind my back like i i i, I, have no, I mean i don't even do that to his face, actually, he's one of the. I mean, there's not a lot of guys I would want to like talk smack about in the Flames media. Everyone's been really nice. Even people great. were all like, people hate like Eric Francis and stuff like that. I have no issue with that guy, but like, I, I that's to their own prerogative. Yeah, look, I I don't I I try to keep the like I don't talk smack about him on 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 social media or anything like that. I disagree a little bit sometimes with the things he says, and uh, yeah, me too. You know what? That's, everybody's allowed fine. to that's everybody's okay. allowed to disagree. Yeah. Um, a lot of people. <laughs> It was funny because a lot of people were like, oh, you know, Eric Francis was the, you know, he ran Johnny Gaudreau out of town. He was pumping or he was banging the drum of, you know, Gaudreau's leaving when his contract is up. And everybody's like, ah, you idiot, Francis, you don't know nothing. You're running him out of town. And I put the tweet out when uh, when Fridge put out the tweet saying that he was going to test free agency. I'm like, man, people owe Eric Francis a collective apology because he was right. He hit the nail on the head and nobody was willing to accept it. No, oh, yeah. gonna do that. no, God, Nobody. no. And I think Eric knows that too. Like Eric knows that like people in Calgary don't like him that much. <laughs> of course he does. He knows that there are people. <laughs> he knows that. And he doesn't care. He doesn't no. read the tweets. No, he does God, not give no. a damn about any of that stuff. I, I give him points for that because there are a lot of people who would be in that situation and they would crumble like mentally because of oh, that. Yeah. Eric just doesn't read any of those tweets and he just goes about his his day and he does his stories and he puts out whatever he puts out and you know, he has the respect he has. So like, and he's been in this I business and in this, in this uh, market for a long, long time. So uh, we can, we can give him credit where, uh, where credit is due. Okay. I'm going to hit some of these, uh, some of these comments, some of the chat. Uh, if you got questions for Julian, be sure to put them down here. We're going to talk about the flames win as well. But um, for those of you who maybe have wanted to ask Julian a question, I know I have, and that's why I'm hitting him up with all these uh, all these questions now that he's settled into Calgary. So questions you it's want, uh, and uh, and one question I've got for the chat: Who do you think is older? We talked about this uh, before the stream. Is it me or Julian? Julian, uh, yeah, I'll, we'll get into it after. But um, yes. a lot of people saying uh, 
you know, the Sharks are very bad. Um, sorry, just a lot of people <laughs> dunking collectively on the on the Sharks, and and they they are a and bad. They should. And they should. They did. They're, they're they're not a good team. And before we go any further with the chat, I was saying to myself like earlier in the game, I'm like this this the Flames should be up by a billion right now. Like it was it, it was not particularly close who the better team was, um, but they just couldn't finish early. They, they found their finishing touch in, in the third period, which was great. Um, but early on, just couldn't quite finish. Some guys were a little bit snake-bitten and still are a bit snake-bitten. But, uh, yeah, not the best game if you're a San Jose Shark. Yeah. You know what's funny? I look at that start from the Flames where they didn't convert some of their chances and they were getting a lot of odd-man rushes. Like, I felt like you were providing, like, a glass-half-empty view. Like, I was looking at it from a glass-half-full view because – I, I, how, can you go back to the last game and the, la- the last five games where they had that much space and opportunity? No. The way that they had everything's been kept to the outside. Yeah, they like they, so they haven't times, been able to work yeah. in the middle at all. Absolutely, so many times we see them enter the zone. Maybe a guy will get to like the hash marks and he'll try this shot, and it's just really easy for the goalie to swallow up. Like the three on one, I keep thinking of is is when Huberto, Kadri, and Toffoli are together. And like Huberto makes his pass to Kadri and he just shoots it from distance. And I'm like, you have literally Tyler Toffoli going to the net. Like you just need to feed it to him and get right in that high danger area. Like you have no reason to try that shot. I feel as if like, you know, at one point in the year, people were saying like, Hey, the flames need to take more shots. And they were just trying to take them forever they could get. And maybe that was just kind of some weird muscle memory, but the fact that they were getting chances, the fact that they were entering the zone, uh, with with those odd man rushes and and getting those opportunities, I, I'm trying to remember how many high danger chances they had in that first period. I'm just gonna pull it up here. Yeah, yeah, of course. They had they had they had four. They they led that battle four one in that first period. They had chances. They looked good. I I thought it was a promising start for them. And again, the, I, you're right. They probably should have been up by way more than <laughs> what they were up. But again, that's why I said at the beginning. Like, I mean, the fact that they were able to get those goals in the third period and the score looks the way that it does. They needed a result like that against a team like the Sharks. Uh, against a team like the Sharks, like uh, Shayna Goldman and I, we did an article that came out today, uh, just about some big keys that the Flames needed to to take advantage of over the next few games. And looking at how the Sharks are, like there are so many opportunities for for the Flames to kind of you know do their opportunities to get in front of the net, bury their chances at five on five. They need to take advantage of that matchup. And I think they now have a record of like six, six and two against teams who are outside the playoff picture. They have shown with teams that are not in the postseason or teams that the flames should absolutely be beating. They have not been consistent enough with winning those games and not getting enough points. So they needed really needed a result like tonight. Where have we seen that uh, before flames fans? Should I take you back to the Pacific or the what is it, Scotia North division? Against the Ottawa senators. Oh, that was ugly. Ugly. Oh, ugly, geez. ugly, ugly. Um, oh, boy. People saying Julian and Audie is such a goat game over show. Well, we appreciate that. Uh, some Thank responses. You. Two responses so far on the age thing. Both saying three, sorry, saying uh, me. Which, which, so you look older. Which is incorrect. Uh, <laughs> Julian, Julian's, got a, Julian's got a couple more laps around the sun than I do. But, uh, yeah, the only reason we bring that up is because I, I talked to Julian before, or, yeah, before we hit record. Um, I'm dealing with a pinched nerve. I talked about it last game, how I was sitting on a heating pad and I was like shaking around because I'm in so much goddamn pain. Uh, yeah, pinched nerve. 
pinched nerve. Lots of fun. I can I can relate. I remember last year playing this ball hockey game for the first time in months, and like at one point I was just like running around, and I felt something in my back like pop, and then I just felt this like insane amount of pain, like I could barely take off all of my gear. I I ended up at a friend's house just like laying on a heating pad for a solid hour and it just it was the worst feeling in the world i don't know if it was that oh, man but like i back I, pain I felt like so much pain it's, debilitating it's terrible debilitating oh my god uh and once you do it once like i was i not to venture too far off the topic of the show but i was doing the squat rack and throughout my back never been the same for the past three years so uh take care of your back maintain uh proper form when you're working out and uh and trust in the heating pad and robaxis set um Justin has a question for you. He says, how intimidating is it to ask Daryl Sutter questions? It's 100% intimidating for me. It really is. Because, like, I don't want to look dumb. I, I hate looking dumb. And I don't feel – I mean, one, I I always try to give way to uh, the old elder statesman in the room. Just I think it's just like a – you've probably been around. You probably understand it. Like, there's a hierarchy with, like, guys who have been there – they normally get like your Steinbergs, so like, your Lubardius, your Wes Gilbertsons. Yeah, yeah, like Wes Gilbertson and Eric are like the guys. I'm like, you know what? Like y'all can y'all can get. I know Brandon Parks <laughs> with with Flames TV. Yeah, yeah. Slicks in too. But like even then, I'm just like, I don't know. I don't want to ask like a dumb question. There's like a formula I find with asking Daryl Sutter questions. If if your question has like if it's not if it's longer than like eight words, like. <laughs> Daryl's gonna cut you off or like make you look dumb. Like honestly, there are that's why there are times usually times both ask questions. Usually yeah, both. That's why, like, whenever I ask questions, I'm just like, so what did you think of this guy? Or what did you think of this line? Or I don't know. Uh it's it's also tough to be like, well, why did you do this? Because Daryl's also very just close to the chest with like oh, yeah. lineup stuff, right? Like Chris Tanev is on injured reserve. How long is he going to be on injured reserve for? Don't do it. Nobody knows. Don't do it. It is promising that he is with the team. He's traveling with them. And uh, they were mentioning on the Sportsnet broadcast that uh, he skated for about an hour. So, I mean, and look, yes, he is known to kind of play through pain, but I still think it's a pretty, uh, it's a good thing. It's just a good sign. It It was pretty scary to see what happened to him up close in Montreal. But the fact that he was standing up and walking around after the fact, like, oh, yeah, was that was good. But like to ask stuff like that to 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 Sutter, like even after that night, like we were trying to get answers to that. He was like, "Well, I was just talking with him." It was like, "Okay, we got, well, yeah, but like, is he okay? Like, we don't know." So like, yeah, it, it's a bit intimidating. But I will say this: when you, if you're able to ask Daryl Sutter like a good like hockey question, where he's able to like reminisce about something that happened in the old times, like he's really good with that. And I've had opportunities to talk to him just like one-on-one and he's also been pretty good like i remember um this colleague of mine eric stevens who works uh covering the kings and the ducks he was doing an article on drew dowdy and he needed me to ask uh, daryl sutter a couple questions i don't think i'd ever seen daryl sutter more happy maybe since i joined the beat than me asking like hey why is drew dowdy so good and like he he waxed poetic for as long as he needed to if you're able to level with them one-on-one yeah like He's a bit of a different person, but I think when you're when you're in the scrums with him, 
it's a it's a different persona and i kind of get why he acts the way that he does it doesn't make it any less intimidating that's fair and given what we see on tv and and what we hear it's uh i like i almost get not like secondhand embarrassment but when i do hear someone ramble i'm like man i i pray for this guy's poor soul who's like he's not ready to face uh, what Daryl is about to uh, about to give this person's way, and everybody and everybody loves when like people like us ask like questions where Daryl could just dunk on us because their first their first instinct is to be like, win for Daryl Sutter, like look oh, at yeah. this idiot asking this <laughs> yeah. dumbass question. Don't how many people how many people have your level of empathy and they're just like man you know this journalist he was just trying his best. Not many, man. not everybody, many, every not many. Everybody else could be like, look at this dumbass. Yeah. Look at this man try to ask a question to Daryl Sutter. <laughs> Daryl Sutter, we trust. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's been the general like consensus around this market ever since Daryl returned. Um, but yeah, I, I do feel bad for for the people that that uh, that get those maybe not so great questions into Daryl. Uh, definitely, definitely feel bad. Um, I want to reference your tweet, your post game tweet. You say Flames made it count at five v five. Uh, and then yep. you said and ended up the night even on high danger chances. I want to say the most, the majority of those high danger chances for the Sharks came earlier in the game. Um, the Flames kind of struggled well, a little. Did they? Well, maybe. Correct me if I'm wrong. So uh, the first period, I have the breakdown here. So it was four one Flames in terms of high danger chances. Most of them came in the third period, which sort of makes sense. Like mm-hmm. if you're chasing the game, obviously, and you're trying to get that win, like it, it makes perfect sense that uh a team like the sharks would end up having uh like six chances to the flames three in terms of high danger chances in the third period so that's really the biggest reason why it was tied i think the flames kind of dominated in that aspect but i think just with the flame with the sharks near the end i remember they also got those opportunities on the man advantage too uh i think that plays into it yeah and uh you know i i think it was important that the flames had a good 5v5 5v5 night um not to say they haven't been effective at five on five. They haven't really been effective with the power play as of late either. But um, yeah, yeah I, I just think, you know what? All You put it perfectly in your summary tweet, just like how important, even though it was a lesser opponent, uh, you talk about the the high danger chances, all that stuff, just how important this win is. Uh, this was this was a game the Flames could have very easily lost, I think. It's just like written in the stars that they lose to a lesser opponent. It's just kind of what you know we talked about earlier um important win huge win uh i don't want to beat it to death because i've had so many piss poor game over shows in the past like what since december 7th when they last won um not covering wins it's okay bro. so it's been it's nice okay man it's okay it's okay these games are allowed to happen but i, I know also understand oh, yeah. that like after this it's like okay they play against the sharks on tuesday what are they gonna do and also you can tell me if I'm wrong. Big win for them today. They lose that game against the Anaheim Ducks later this week. Whew. Well, the Oilers, the Oilers already did that, and that, and everybody, coll- <laughs> the league collectively dunked on uh, on our friends up the QE2. I know I was chirping Avery and the boys in the in the game over group chat after that too, because how on God's green earth do you lose to that team? Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be an important stretch here, and like I, I've been beating the drum too. No good team is immune to a bad stretch. The Flames have had a couple. Um, teams go through it 
I think even when, when you and I were talking last time, um, you know, we talked about the Blues and their Stanley Cup run. The Penguins, when Mike Sullivan first came in, uh, they went through a coaching change. They were one of the worst teams in the NHL. They go on to win the Stanley Cup. I'm not saying the Flames are going to go on to win the Stanley Cup. Would be nice. But, um, you know, good teams aren't immune to it. So so it, it happens. These things happen. It takes time. Um, the 2007-2008 Philadelphia Flyers had an offseason where they brought in a bunch of new guys like Danny Briere, Timo Tiemann, Scott Hartnell, a whole bunch of guys. They started the year pretty well. They had like a little trip in Whistler with everybody. And then they, they went on the losing streaks at different points. They lost 10 in a row at one point. They went to the conference final. The Montreal Canadiens in 2009-2010. A lot of people obviously look at the 2021 team. But mm-hmm. for people of my generation, they looked at that 2009-2010 team first. They got Scott Gomez. They got Michael Camilleri. They got Hal Gill, Matthew Darsh. All these guys came in. They People were looking at them as this top-ranked team. They went through some peaks and valleys in that regular season. And then Yaroslav Alak saved them a bunch of times, and they went to the conference final. Teams that go through all those types of overhaul, it's been shown throughout the course of history. And I know I only brought up two examples. But it's been shown throughout the course of history that they need time to gel. And when they catch fire at the right time, they are capable of making lengthy playoff runs. And I know those are just two examples, but I can't help but think of those teams in particular who have gone through what they've gone through and not think like, well, why can't the Flames not say they're going to go to the conference final, but why can't they experience something in the second half of their year where they look really good? I have mixed feelings about them as a legitimate playoff contender, even though the Western conference is not the greatest conference, but I still see them as a playoff team. I still think uh, they could benefit from more time, especially for those new guys to really gel. And I think we could still see them. They're still like, again, they're still a playoff team to me. Like I, Mm -hmm. I need to see, I I know I wrote that, like, you know, if they lose to the ducks, like that changes a, a lot of perceptions about this team. I think it changes my perception about them being like a Stanley Cup team. They could still be a playoff team if they make if they lose to Anaheim. And I'm not saying they're going to lose to Anaheim. They probably shouldn't lose to Anaheim. But if they lose to Anaheim, we look at them differently, but not so differently. Yeah, if that makes sense. No, I hear you, and and and, and it makes sense. You you're hitting the nail on the head, and I guess in a nutshell, yeah, no no teams are immune to it. They're still a good team. Things can happen. They just need to punch their ticket. Um, we're going to take a few more questions for Julian as we put a bow on uh, on this episode of Game Over Calgary. This one coming from Nate saying, Julian, what was the most difficult part about moving to Calgary? That's a good question. Um, I guess just saying goodbye to all my friends and, and family. That's the toughest thing. Uh, honestly, like getting all my stuff moved from home to Calgary was pretty smooth. Finding an apartment, I got really lucky. I, I got a family friend to connect me with a realtor here and we were able to make that work. Um, but saying goodbye to a lot of the friends and family back home, that was that was really tough. That was like I still like miss them all. Like I started sending them postcards uh, <laughs> just so I could write little notes, be like, hey, how are you guys doing? Like I miss you guys very much and and all that. And I'm looking forward to going back home later this week and, and being around them for the holidays. Uh but yeah, that's that's easily the toughest thing about moving. I feel that man. I was I moved out here in 2014. So it was the year I graduated. Um, and I was lucky enough, like my, my parents came with me. So like I moved out here with, with them and my brother. 
but yeah, leaving, leaving back, uh, all my buddies in Guelph and all the rest of my family in Guelph. And yeah, it's tough, man. It's, it's tough. And, and, and you got to do it alone. So it's, I mean, it's, it's, I can well, only imagine my how family, tough it was. Like my family helped me the first few days. Right. And what's cool too, is that I have like an aunt and cousins who also live in the city and I've been there able to go. reconnect with them. So that's really been helpful. But yeah, like I, I, but I also was thinking about this today. Like I've wanted to live alone for like a long, long time. Like I was living upstairs for my parents for like the last few years and it was cool, but like, it wasn't like the same as like what this experience is. And like, yeah. I've, I've, I've wanted this experience for a long time. I just have to put up with the fact that I'm going to feel homesick every now and again. Yeah, no, for sure. It's uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've lived at home. Well, I mean, I, I bought a house a few years ago, but lived at home for the longest of times hey, and then once you once man. once you finally yeah once you finally move out it's uh it's it's a nice feeling it's a nice feeling once you have that little bit of freedom and independence right um oh geez where was this one there was a good one here oh yeah there it is uh hey julian big fan of your work i know you are a huge football fan so i gotta ask what is your favorite premier league goal and why is it sergio aguero's league winning goal for man city is that insider j money how did you guess because he's taunted me with that before. <laughs> I honestly, I I don't follow the Premier League and I don't know your affiliations, so that that like I could have skipped that if I just if I just threw you to the wolves and I. Apologize. I don't normally swear on this podcast. <laughs> you could do it. Insider J Money could fuck off. There you go. There you go. That's what we uh. That's what we were we and were I hoping mean that for half here. Lovingly, I'll just say this story <laughs> about that goal. Um, for context, I'm a Man United fan, and uh, that day. Um, they needed to beat, I think, Sunderland to win the Premier League, but they needed Man City to not win oh, against okay. QPR. And then, like, United won their game, and they're, like, standing around at the stadium just, like, waiting to see what the final result is. And then uh Aguero for Man City scores this, like, last-second goal that wins Man City the game and the title. It's, like, the final day of the season, and they win it. Like, I remember trying to follow the game on my phone at like church and like i went home thinking all right united won (laughs) and then i saw the score and i was like oh my god i remember like tsn would like play the highlight i would turn the tv off i didn't watch the actual highlight of that goal for a whole year because i was so upset so that's fair money could insider j buddy could fuck all the way off you know what he follows that up with uh lol i love you julian a lot of people commenting no, how much because how if much you really love me you wouldn't bring that up you could fuck all the way up julian unhinged times already that's I okay that's okay i've uh if that pe- really that nah, <laughs> you nah, struck a nerve no way you struck now that he's never gonna come back nerve. on the show now he's never come that back strikes on the show. a nerve that that struck a nerve <laughs> that's probably like the sporting moment that pisses me off like the most there's no like hockey one there's no basketball one like I'm a Jets fan in football. Like I'm numb to all the butt fumble stuff. <laughs> that one, that goal, and everything that's happened since. That is like that's a soft. That's a sore point. That's a sore point. I know exactly what not to uh, what not to bring up. And for Flames fans, it would be 2004. It was in. Uh, so yeah, they can relate. For y'all. They, it, can, it they can. They can. They can relate. They can relate. Uh, it's crazy. Oh, oh, we already got a tweet. Julian F-bomb times three. There it is. Hashtag oh. Julian F-bomb. It's going to be trending on Twitter pretty soon here. Love that. Oh, my God. Um, no. <laughs> Julian unhinged. Lots of people loving uh, loving this. Um, but, yeah, this is – honestly, this has been great. We're going to run out of time because I don't pay for Zoom Premium. But um, thank you, my guy, for coming That's on That's real. That's I, real. 
I, I don't pay for Zoom Premium. I don't pay for That's Zoom real. Premium. Why would I pay for Zoom Premium? I don't blame you, brother. I don't blame you. I don't. We gotta talk you. to. We gotta talk to Steve about that and see uh, how how we get. Uh, you know the company account? I don't know if they have one. I actually, I, they probably should. I, I, don't I think know. I think it'd be tough to share with everybody for Game Over. I but I don't know. I mean, I'm not gonna brag. I was like the second Game Over coast or yeah. Game Over co-host ever, or the third, I guess, alongside Peter. Um, so. In the hierarchy of game I feel over like hosts, you should be getting something, man. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'll bring it up. I'll see what he says. I'm not. I'm not uh, crossing my. Actually, I'm probably not going to bring it up. But whatever. Um. Anyways, thank you so much for stopping by, man. This was uh, this was as good as always. The people know where you're at, but take this time to plug whatever whatever you want to plug. They know where to find you, but uh, but tell them where to find you, anyways. Subscribe to The Athletic. That's it. Uh, subscribe to The Athletic Hockey Show. Uh, back on the Monday show. Subscribe to The CJ Show. Uh, thank you to everyone who's been providing feedback on the last episode. Uh, I know we discussed a very difficult situation with the Alexander Ovechkin goal chase. Uh, some opinions uh, either disagreeing with us or agreeing with us. I appre- We appreciate it all because it ultimately described our point of how difficult it is to talk about it. Uh, so thank you for checking out that podcast and thank you for checking out my work and thank you for all of the support. Uh, it's been really great through, through these first three months for me and uh, I'm eternally grateful to uh, the fans. Thank you're you. Cal- you're a Calgary man now. Calgary, Maine. Calgary, yes, sir. Maine. Yes, sir. Um, this is great. I'm, I'm, we're going to have you back on for sure. Uh, permitting you want to come back on. We'll, we'll, we'll figure something I, I out. I definitely want to come back on. I definitely want to come back on. Cause this was supposed to be, with you. this was supposed to be Peter tonight, but he's stuck yes. in Mexico. So we, we're going to feel bad for him. Um, stuck in Mexico. yeah, stuck in Mexico. Oh yeah. My flight got changed. Okay. Peter. Ooh. Um, so, <laughs> as we un, uh, unnecessarily provide Peter climb with a drive by, um, next game over will be Tuesday against the San Jose sharks. Again, you guessed it. I will be hosting once again with Nick Pinkerton from uh, the Twisted Rister Hockey YouTube channel. Big Sharks fan uh, in Nick. So we will uh, talk to you guys then. Stay safe, pals. And we'll see you on Tuesday for Game Over Calgary. Peace. Game Over. Powered by Sports Interaction. Canada Sportsbook.